Welcome in and final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you today. Good to have you. Hey, they had some uh, really good music out at Sloppy Joe's and Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the Water on Okachi specifically this past weekend. But they have, uh, I believe tomorrow night is bingo night. Bingo night out at uh, Smoke on the Water. So if you're looking for something to do tomorrow night and you want to go out and get some good food and uh, enjoy yourself, just have a lot of fun, bingo night at Smoke on the Water. They got that coming up as well. Check out our friends at Smoke on the Water on Okachi Lake or Sloppy Joe's, which is a, a good old-fashioned, I've always said, just a good old, you could lay, basically walk into this place and look around and go, there's got to be an old-fashioned sitting on the bar. An old-fashioned and a good tap beer sitting on the bar. It's just that kind of place. Both of them. Absolutely fantastic. So this is from uh, Jake, who says, uh, I'm sure the Packers are probably putting it out there that they would start accepting trade offers for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is worth at least a couple of number ones and maybe a couple of starters. See, my argument to that is, no, he's not, and here's the reason why. Because trades are based upon not only what can you do for me lately, but what are you going to do for me in the next couple of years? And there's no guarantee Rodgers is even going to play two more years, you know, because he compares it to what they got for Matthew Stafford. Remember, Matthew Stafford, let's, let's not forget about this. Matthew Stafford was 33 years old when he was dealt to the Rams, and they expect him to keep playing, expected him to keep playing. He'll be, what, 35, 36 next year? Next season? So it's different. It just is. I I don't think Rodgers is, you know, I I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I think people that feel that you're just going to get this, if if Rodgers is that valuable, then you would keep, I mean, if somebody would offer you that, certainly you would make the deal. But if teams are really going to be willing to, to offer that, don't you feel that everybody feels there's a value there, that they see something that maybe in our own backyard we're not? You know, it's it's that's what it is. So I, I don't I don't necessarily buy all that. The Russell Wilson trade probably is going to lead to a market correction as well. Right. Because they saw how bad it could end up. Exactly. Um, the same thing with the Deshaun Watson contract. That's the reason Lamar Jackson isn't seeing right now the, all the guaranteed money. They are, you know, the, the Ravens offered him 135 million guaranteed and he turned it flat down, said, no, I want Deshaun Watson's contract. And then he gets hurt again. And you know, you know, he's mad because he's like, well, they're going to use that against me. Well, yeah, because it's reality. Your contract had nothing to do with you getting hurt. You got hurt because you're a running quarterback. You're not the greatest pocket passer in the world to begin with. And you are terrific when you're on the move. But (laughs) you got hurt again. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 1670 That's from Scott. Oh, no, I already read that. I'm sorry. Butchie says, uh, I'm all in favor of keeping Aaron Rodgers. Let's run this thing back, get a couple other pieces, get some cohesiveness on the offensive line, and go. Butch has got optimism. Um, Squid says, uh, be careful what you wish for. You get rid of Rodgers. He goes on and wins somewhere else. I can hear the Packers fan base now bemoaning the fact that they got rid of him one year too early. That's, I, I get that too. By the way, uh, for those that were wanting to know, 
Mike LaFleur, Matt's brother, uh, is in the uh, running for the offensive coordinator position for the Rams. He's talking to Sean McVay. That came out as well. Uh, Jay Qual says, I'll take a pick uh, for uh, 2024 if it gets rid of Aaron Rodgers. And then uh, Purple Lilac says, can they restructure contracts to keep play- key players and trade Rodgers, the cap hit for $40 million now uh, done, we have to build for the future? Boy, everybody's ready to build for the future, aren't they? Everybody's ready to build for the future. Here's here's the one thing to remember. If you're going to build for the future, you better build an unbelievable kick-ass defense. You 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 better have that. Because if your quarterback turns out to be average or a little above, you're going to need a defense. It's it's how many teams have been building for the future in the National Football League? You know what I mean? I just I I I just throw caution to the wind, man. I'm boy. Miami's been building for the future forever, ever since Marino retired. The Jets, oh my God, they've been building for the future. They've been drafting number one quarterbacks for three, four, five, seven years. Cleveland's been building for the future. Houston's been building for the future. Indianapolis has been building for the future. Jacksonville, at least right now, appears to have it, but how long did it take them to get back? Denver's building for the future. Las Vegas is building for the future. Chargers have been building for the future. Cardinals have been building for the future. You know? Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, now Tampa Bay. Detroit, oh, my God, they've been building for the future. Chicago's been building for the future. Washington, you know, think of all those teams. They've all been building for the future. I'm just, be careful with what you wish because it's not as easy as you make it out to be. And here's the other thing to remember. If you build for the future, that's great. But once that general manager makes that pick of any, you know, third round on up, those guys, you, they better hit because if they don't, general managers usually stick with them a minimum of three to four years. Minimum. Which means those guys are going to get every opportunity to be good. Even through all the failures, they're going to get every opportunity because there's value there. So if those guys aren't good, you're only as good as your weakest link. 877-867-1670. I just, I'm, I'm very cautious when everybody keeps saying build towards the future because draft choices are just, you know, if you do your homework, they're better than a crapshoot. If you're not real good at it, then not great. And remember the guys that are out there right now. And Matt in Phoenix is absolutely right. Look at the guys that are in this thing right now. Hertz, first rounder. Mahomes, first rounder. Joe Burrow, first rounder. Brock Purdy's the outlier here. Hertz was actually, oh, yeah, you're right. Hertz was a second round, wasn't he? Late second. Yeah. 
And Jordan Love, by many accounts, was not projected to be a, a second-round guy. He was projected to be either a late but most likely early third-round guy when the Packers got him. Not to draw the apples-to-apples apples comparison, but, I mean, the situation could, in theory, be a similar to a Hurt situation where they were uniquely positioned with a guy already mm-hmm. on the roster, and he's clearly hit. But yeah. you kind of have the natural out in the event that Rodgers does get dealt, uh, which I, I do think is unlikely. But you do have the natural out where y- you see what love is, um, and then the next year is a great quarterback year. Like You are uniquely positioned that you don't have to use that first number one pick on right. a guy. You already have him. Mm-hmm. And for the yeah, Eagles, it exactly. worked out. You don't, yeah, you don't have, and, and you know what? Give the Eagles credit because they not only got rid of, and not that they should have, but they got rid of Doug Peterson. They got rid of Carson Wentz. They started spending that money, and they're like, no, this isn't going to work at all. It just get rid of it. And then they blew it up. And then they started over with Hertz, and on he went. So I give them some credit. Now, I don't believe in the Doug. I love the fact that Doug Peterson's come back with a vengeance, and he's ended up uh, taking what was a, a, a horrific team and put them in the postseason. And I would only expect them to get better this offseason. Uh, it says, uh, Bill, we're living in the past right now. I'm a 50-year-old fan, and I'm finally ready for a younger quarterback. Okay. Younger doesn't mean better. I I just, I, there is not a lot of people that remember the 80s, the late 70s and the 80s, until the end of the 80s and the 90, 91, 92. Not a lot of people that remember that. I'm not saying that that's going to be what it is, but that's, that's a very a very real possibility. Uh, Mike, I think you're more right than probably everybody here. It says uh, Roger signed a huge contract, no real good reason that he would leave. If he can humble himself a little bit, attend the OTAs, build some rapport, uh, and lead the offense, they can they can be great. I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Uh, the Wolfman says, I wonder if Bill's Mafia is this hard on uh, Josh Allen after losing before the Super Bowl a few years in a row. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah, especially when you turn the ball over. Especially when you turn the ball over. Absolutely. Mark says, uh, 70s and 80s, what a nightmare. <laughs> right? That, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that that's, you're destined for that. But you, you, while you have what's considered to be greatness in your own stable, and remember the last time everybody, you know, Rodgers had a down year and everybody thought he was done. And then he came back and, and won back-to-back MVPs and had terrific seasons and and then, excuse me, ultimately faltered in the postseason but had these incredible seasons. Um, you know, yeah, it's uh, – I'm not real quick to toss him to the wayside. Matt says, why did the Packers structure the Rodgers contract so that you can actually get draft picks in the upcoming season? That guarantee that you wouldn't get rid of Rodgers. Rodgers wanted a guarantee that you weren't going to throw him out. That's that, that He wanted to be a Green Bay Packer, which is why this whole thing of, I don't know, it's mutual and blah, blah, blah. That's why this whole thing is so bizarre. I don't believe a lot of what's going on right now. 
I, I just I don't believe that there's this huge level of disconnect between Rodgers and the Orcas. I just don't. I don't think there is. I think they talk, but I think the only thing right now that would be standing in the way of Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Green Bay Packers would be as if, you know, Rodgers said, no, I'm going to, you know, do the same thing. You guys go to your guys. I'd like you to keep these guys if you can. And uh, then, you know, he's going to, you know, not come to OTAs, not come to mini camps, not work with the young guys, not, you know, just kind of show up and not put the, not put that commitment in. That might be it. Otherwise I believe Rodgers coming back. I just do. Uh, coming up, we got Mike Clemens, our guy. He's going to be standing by. We're going to talk with him the rest of the way as we do on Mondays and Fridays. And uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Skipper Buds in there at the Boat Show. Look for our guy, Skipper Buds, at the Boat Show. Uh, our guy Todd out in Pewaukee is the GM. He'll be over here at the the Milwaukee Boat Show and uh, at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. And stop in, and if you're looking for a yacht, if you're looking for a pontoon, if you're looking for a fish, fishing boat, ski boat, whatever it happens to be, Ask them about it. They've got a lot of used uh, boats and such on the lot out here. I see them all the time. Uh, but they're looking to make deals, and they're looking to, and you're going to get big discounts at the boat show. So stop in, see our friends at Skipper Buds. They got something for everybody. Mike Clemens joining us next on the Bill Michael This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Cowboys ain't easy to love, and they're harder to hold. Third long, blitz coming. Prescott fires. Oh, it's intercepted. Force out of the field. Diamador Lenore ran it, picked it off, and the Niners in business. Surrounding Dak this year has been the turnovers. You'll see Diamador Lenore, he's matched up against Gallup on the outside. He, in essence, runs the route for Gallup. I'm not exactly sure what made Dak Prescott let go of this ball. Yeah, the first one, um, I guess just hits, hits one too many times to guess MG, um, and the guy just came back to the ball, made a play. Uh, I've got to throw that one away or, or use my feet, get out of the pocket. That's got it. Is picked off by Fred Warner. Warner's got it. Lamb chases him down in a second interception today for the 49ers. Uh, and then on the second one, um, nickel squeezed, tried to try to throw a load of CD, but I mean, he was able to make a play on it, tip it up in the air and uh, tip it to the mic. Uh, just two throws that, that, that I can't have. You can't have in the playoffs. You can't have when you're trying to beat a team like that. You can't have on the road. And um, yeah, no excuses for that. Those are two are 100 percent on me. Cowboys go down, Brock Purdy and company, they remain alive, and they go to an NFC Championship game in Philadelphia next weekend. And Mike Clemens brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field. Perfect for a family stay as well. And the Bay Family Restaurant, mm, oh, so good. Uh, Home cooking seven days a week. That's the Bay Motel on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or check them out online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Mike Clemens now joining us on the hotline. Michael, how you doing, pal? Pretty good. Um, I thought it was interesting for Dak Prescott. This was his moment now. You know, he's been through these injuries, the ankle where he missed the season, everything. There he is with the ball in his hands. Uh, they've had some really good games on this offense, 
and D'Amico Ryans and the 49ers gave him nothing. And he stood back there looking and looking, and all he would do was throw to either CeeDee Lamb or to, you know, his tight end, Dalton Schultz, and, you know, Noah Brown. He's, he's got T.Y. Hilton still there. Um, so he was asked after the game, why couldn't you throw to, to Michael Gallup or Brown or, or T.Y. Hilton instead of just Lamb or Dalton Schultz the whole game? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get those other guys the ball. Um, obviously, we got a, we got other playmakers other than other than CD, and um, it's on me to get it to them and allow them, those guys to go make plays. And just wasn't able to do that. Very disappointed. Uh, we weren't able to come out this one. Disappointed in my play. Uh, disappointed for the guys in the locker room. Um, special team uh, really is. Um, guys that that do things the right way, prepare the right way, um, believe in each other, a lot of love, and uh, it, yeah, it's unfortunate. It sucks. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. It sucks. He just couldn't get the ball to the guys he wanted and turnovers have plagued Dak uh, for a majority of the season. And he, you know, for all that was said about him against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay was not a good football team. And I had said, Ben and I kind of disagreed on this, but I said, look, now he's going to face a top-notch defense that's going to put pressure on him. And it, when he's under pressure, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And sure enough, that's what they did. They put a ton of pressure on Dak and he looked bad. And once again, John Lynch, the 49ers GM, has got one of these rosters where there's, there's dudes that are just smacking people. And even after the game, Mike McCarthy called the game like it was a slugfest. Slugfest, and, you know, we just didn't quite, you know, just quite do enough. I mean, it's, you know, you can go through the statistics, the, you know, the, the decisions, and, you know, um, I thought defensively, you know, we, we did a really good job, you know, for the most part. But, yeah, would we like to have a couple more stops? Yes. We, do we need more third down conversions on offense? Yes. We could use that to red zone production. So, obviously, just extremely disappointed. Um, you know, this, is, this has been um, an incredible journey, you know, with this football team. Uh, I agree. It's a big disappointment because I thought by far that the Cowboys would have just been the better team. Their defense came to play. Their offense just, uh, I, I just, they didn't have an answer. And it would be unfair for all of a sudden Mike McCarthy to take all of the play calling blame because he wasn't calling the plays, maybe the clock management play, play calling. But beyond that, uh, it was just a team, it was a huge disappointment. I thought they'd be better. And Dak Prescott just looks like Dak Prescott. Yeah, and I started thinking about this over the weekend because that's, you know, I started thinking about our trip to Phoenix and we're taking the show to cover Super Bowl 57. I thought, okay, so who do I want to cover in this thing? And and to me, I just thought, well, what a, what a Packer fans. I just thought probably the most interesting story for Packer fans is to see how Mike, how far Mike McCarthy could take this, right? So I, I kind of got into thinking this weekend, like, yeah, I kind of think I want to see the Cowboys get all the way to the Super Bowl and and take on the Bengals or the Chiefs or something like that. That'd be a good story. But in, instead, you know, you you got Mike McCarthy up there talking about how devastated the Cowboys locker room was. You know, had opportunities to win and was confident going into. So, yeah, I, I just think it, in those moments you just have to be real and genuine. And, and um, I mean, it's it's raw. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's raw in the locker room right now. 
Um, I would understand that um, for the fact that they really thought they were going to come in and get a win. There was a lot of bravado for the Cowboys coming into this game, Mike, with Aaron Andrews doing the big Dak Prescott interview and how they were rolling and how good they looked against uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that Dak is back. And mm-hmm. I kept thinking, nope, no, they're not. That, that This is a defense that's going to punch you in the mouth, man. And how about that thing All- we had from McCarthy a couple of weeks ago where he was talking about like buffaloes in a dust storm? Right. You know, he, yep. You know, he said we. You know, you have the adversity, and you don't want to be a buffalo and start straying from the path. You just keep going straight ahead mm-hmm. through the adversity and the injuries and the ups and downs of a season. Or the, that other Japanese art thing that he was talking about, where right. they they put shattered pottery back together with gold, and it's it's, <laughs> it's better than before. You know, okay. I mean, yeah. Mike was Mike is out there, out there. So, and then, but you know. It, it, these big games come up with big plays, and then the play, they keep on playing that Dwight Clark catch in San Francisco from Joe Montana 40 years ago. And who comes up with the big play but George Kittle? I mean, this game was so tight and such a defensive battle that a 30-yard pass to the 49ers' tight end is really what flipped the game. I mean, it's late third quarter, early uh, fourth quarter, and they're out, they're in their own territory. And uh, Brock Purdy stood there in the pocket and flipped this one to George Kittle. He wasn't even the intended receiver or designed for that play. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, that time or that part of the game, you know, we needed something. We needed a spark, get the, get the ball rolling. And, and uh, for Kittle to make a play like that, you just feel it in the whole stadium. Like, man, that felt good, you know, to get a big gain like that and get us going. So, um, you know, props to Kittle. He was, at, he was one of our, like, last options um, in that play, but he kept the play live by, you know, feeling space, and I got my eyes back, and he was there. So it was awesome. I mean, it's, uh, it was a bootleg. Uh, me and Juice are on the backside selling the outside zone away to get the defensive end across our face. Juice is the hot guy. We're trying to get the ball to either, I think it was Ayuk, Debo, or Juice. Is, he's a hot guy, and I'm literally not even in the read. So I just saw kind of a space, and he hadn't thrown it yet, so I was just going up the field, and... Yeah, he gave me a catchable ball, and I was just trying to be dramatic. Just for TV, man. It's just for TV. <laughs> just trying to be a little dramatic, you know, get the ratings up. That's all we're here for. I mean, I think our crowd was fantastic all day. They were loud. Our defense was playing at a high level. Um, the crowd made them use a couple timeouts. I think they got a false start. But I think that just uh, got our offense going a little bit, got our swagger going a little bit. And, you know, after that, uh, I think we scored a touch on that drive, right, I think. Yeah, I and mean, we went down. Christian finished it. So, yeah, definitely got the boys moving a little bit. It was uh, the defense, though, that won this game. I mean, you know, for for what, you know, the the San Francisco defense did, they just kept uh, pressure all over Dak Prescott all day. The run game really never got going, and when Pollard went down, that pretty much changed things, and I can't believe that the Cowboys didn't change up their methodology on offense. But D'Amico Ryans and Shanahan, they came up with a brilliant game plan to just put Dak under pressure and make him be Dak. Yeah, and everyone's talking about Ryan's now as a possible head coach candidate, and it's like he's 38 years old. He, wasn't he just a player the other day <laughs> for the right. Eagles, you know, right. and, and the Texans? But no, he's come up, you know, as a a quality control coach, a linebackers coach. He's been the defensive coordinator since Robert Sala took the head coaching job with the Jets. And after two years and a 38 years old, people think that you know maybe he he's prime and ready to to lead a whole team by himself. Here's the big difference. When Tony Pollard goes down with what was reported as a high ankle sprain, later we learn it's a fractured fibula 
his mm-hmm. left leg. He's going to require surgery. Um, that that killed the Cowboys' game plan because Zeke Elliott only carried the ball ten times for twenty six yards. That's really what killed the Cowboys for the rest of the game. And Kyle Shanahan talked about, except for that short TD pass to Dalton Schultz, you know, how was San Francisco's defense able to stop the Cowboys' offense? Uh, I think we, I mean, we stopped the run. I think which was huge, uh, allowed us to be pretty sound in our coverages. I, I know we gave up that big one when uh, we were backed up, but I just think we made them work for everything. And when you take away the run game and um, you don't have to be too risky in, the, in your coverages, it makes it hard to get explosives. And our guys just kept doing it all game, and we're able to contain them and keep them out of the end zone except for that drive. And um, they played their ass off today. I uh, the one thing, Mike, is there is a sad amount of brisket being eaten today down in Dallas. Yeah, uh, I, I will say that at the Star, you know, and right. you know, and true to form, uh, Jerry Jones after the last game of the season like that. I mean, I covered one of these things where they lost after that Des Bryant catch, no catch, um, and you know, when Wade Phillips got fired as the head coach the next day. So you're looking for, you know, Jerry comes out and he's talking to the reporters outside the visitors' locker room, and and he said, you know, we all we all just feel sick about this loss. Uh, they beat the best of us tonight. I thought defensively it was just that. It was two really outstanding defensive teams giving it the best they got. You would know how proud I am of these guys in here. That's a good team. We, uh, Frankly, uh, turnovers do settle the scores with games like that. I'm so disappointed for our fans. San Francisco had something to say about that, but uh, uh, we've got uh, a locker room full of sick players and coaches to go along with the literally hundreds of thousands of Cowboy fans that are old that are sick. Oh, they're all sick. They're all sick at this point. Let's do this. We're talking with Mike Clemens, and we're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get back into some of the other games that went on this past weekend. Uh, by the way, our friends at Cruise Planners, Kirk and the staff uh, today, right now, you get the best deals on cruises. Also, it's not just, even though they're called Cruise Planners, it's not just cruises. It's land and sea, depending on what it is you want to do. You want to go to an all-inclusive, they got you covered. You want to bring in family from all around the country to meet, say, down in Florida, to meet in Mexico, to meet down in the uh, the Bahamas, whatever it happens to be, he can do that too. All you got to do is call 262-344-0697, 262-344-0697, They specialize in all types of travel that uh, they say it's going to create an unforgettable vacation just for you. And you can even do it with a small deposit down. You don't need to put all the money down. Small. De- they even do financing, by the way. They can even finance your trips. So just put down a small deposit, get your itinerary, Get just tell them where you want to go. They can put it all together. And this time of year, we all know we could all use a good trip somewhere, somewhere warm. That's our friends over there at Cruise Planners. They're based in Wisconsin. But they do it for all over the country. So if you're in Vegas, you can do it with them. If you're in Florida, you can do it with them. Anywhere in the country, call them, 262-344-0697, 262-344-0697. That's Cruise Planners. More of Mike Clemens coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. To the end zone. Open! Wide open! Hurst hauls it in! 
in for another Cincinnati touchdown. That offensive line that everyone talked about coming in banged up. How did you get it done tonight? Man, complete game from everybody. Offense, defense, special teams. Domination from start to finish. That's what we expected. Job's not finished. We got another big one next week on the road. Excited for it. We talked about it yesterday. Just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game. Not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> better send out those refunds. Welcome back to the program. Uh, that was uh, Joe Burrow talking after the game. They really did. They took it upon themselves to uh, be a little bit pissed off that everybody was talking about the neutral site game rather than about uh, what uh, the Cincinnati Bengals were going to offer coming up. And Mike Clements joining us on the line. And Mike, uh, boy, they, uh, they, I, I, you know, I said it at the beginning of the show. I don't know where Bengals fans get off on uh, it's us against the world and everybody hates us and officiating hates us and Collinsworth hates us and. You know, we're so slighted, but, uh, boy, they used that as a chip on their shoulder to get a win, didn't they? All last year and carrying over to this year. Everybody yeah. thinks that there's some sort of a – they were a Cinderella team last year, a fluke. And Zach Taylor, who, you know, came in as kind of a friendly, kind of laid-back coach, he's like a much more riled-up guy uh, and keeping his guys motivated. As a matter of fact, even going into that Bill Stadium, you know, it used to be Rich Stadium and – Ralph Wilson, I think it's Highmark is the bank that's, uh, or something that's sponsoring them now. When the, when the Bills are at home and in the playoffs, and this goes back to the Jim Kelly and Marv Levy era back in the early 90s, they are un, un, untouchable in the postseason up there in Buffalo. And so here come the Bengals from Cincinnati in the snow, and they look like they were the home team. And Zach Taylor said that his team's thrives on being picked on as the underdogs. Yeah, we talked about last night, they were 13-1 at home in the playoffs, the best home winning percentage in NFL history. I wanted to show that to the team because I knew what that would do to them. I wouldn't put fear in them that, oh, my God, we're walking into an environment that people don't win in. It was going to be the opposite for our guys, and, and it was. Now, I, I wonder what uh, the motivation they're going to use this week. They have beaten uh, Joe Burrow is 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes, two down there, one win in, in Cincinnati. They've just had their number, and obviously with Patrick Mahomes not having a, a solid ankle to play on, it, you would assume that there's going to be a lot of talk about Cincinnati having the upper hand in this one. I wonder what they're going to use as motivation for this game. I don't know, but, you know, it, it appears that the head coach, Zach Taylor, knows his guys that somehow they feed off of being dissed, you know, and that's that's unusual. I mean I don't I don't know if Matt LaFleur would tell the Packers, yeah, the odds are completely against you. No one ever wins in this place. <laughs> you know? Right. But Zach Taylor uses that. And so he was asked, you know, does your team, do your players feel like people think that they're still just a fluke, a Cinderella team from the Super Bowl last year? And do they somehow feed off of that? We're built for this. We're built for this. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about us. Uh, we don't care who's favored, who's not. Um, we're built for this, and and uh, we're excited to go on the road to Kansas City. They're excited. I get it. Uh, looking forward to, you know, obviously it's an AFC championship game. That's huge motivation within itself, don't it, get me wrong. But is it they, a, they, you know. Bill, go ahead. Is, is it a Cincinnati thing? See, because when you're in Green Bay, even though it's the smallest market in professional sports, it's the Shrine, right? Hey, you're right. playing at the Shrine. But 
is is Zach Taylor saying Cincinnati as a as a town as a city doesn't get respect? I mean, is that part of what he uses with these guys? I wonder. I wonder. So. Um, I, you might be a little bit just for the, and, and you know what? I take it as a lot of, you know, and you know, a lot of my friends, I mean, they look at it as, Oh God, we're going to lose this one. Oh God, this sucks. Oh God, he sucks. But I think it's part of the mentality of we've never won a, you know, as that fan base, we've never won a Super Bowl. So they always figure something's going to go wrong. Well, and it's also, as, as you pointed out to me years ago, I mean, in, when you took me to Cincinnati on that one trip, I was in 2013 and you say, Mike Brown, look at this. I I said, where's the indoor facility? Where's their Don Hudson Center? The Packers have had that for 30 years. They don't have one. What do you mean they don't have one? Yeah. They just got a bubble last year. Right? They they used to have to go practice at the University of Cincinnati because their facilities were so bad. But I guess it's the daughter that's taken over. And with the new regime in Zach Taylor, they have built one, and they're finally upgrading some of those facilities to get this Bengals team on the same level. And as like you said earlier in the show – apparently Mike Brown is just a little bit more of a, a figurehead. It'll be interesting what happens when they have to pay Joe Burrow at this point. But in the meantime, Joe Burrow was asked, what does he think is different about this year's Bengals roster over last year's? I think I think our line is better. I think our run game is better. I think our defense is better. Uh, I, I just think our special teams is better. We're just overall a uh, much better team than we were last year. And he might be right. I mean, their defense did get stronger. Now, the offensive line, I man, what an impressive performance they had against Buffalo. But right. I don't I know mean, if I'd say they're better, but I think everything else is better. I'd agree with that. Mixon had 105 yards rushing. He averaged over five yards a carry. Whereas Singletary, on the Bills, he had 24 yards in the snow. That's it. That's it. And the rushes that, you know, that uh, the Bengals got going, you know, Lou Anarumo, that, this guy's – underrated the some of those blitzes where it looked like the blitz was coming from one side and it actually came from the other and josh allen had no idea what was going on and he talked about the challenges you know the the bills they've gone through so many things this year he talked about that after the game i'm proud of our guys how we handled um situations throughout the year um you know we could have made a lot of excuses throughout throughout the year what was going on going on but Guys continued to fight. Um, you know, we, we wanted to win this one. We want to win them all. Um, those guys played better today. You know, uh, he's right. They've been they they have the right to make excuses. Between the mass shooting that took place, they got almost seven feet of snow. They got a bunch of snow dumped on them again. Damar Hamlin and the incident on January second in Cincinnati. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to say, you know what, we just can't overcome all of this. Yeah, and when you mentioned that shooting, like on a Saturday night, a guy walks into a grocery store and takes 10 lives. And the players, that's just down the street from the facility. Right. Players were there to do fundraisers, to be with the fans. I mean, they felt that it could have been one of them. And so Sean McDermott, the head coach, talked about dealing with all those things, you know, the road game because of the seven-foot blizzard, and then the Hamlin story with him up there in the window waving to the players proud of them even though this this hurts proud of them in the way they handled themselves with class this year and, and the uh and, and the ups and downs and the adversity that that they faced um and i think they'll they'll take that with them um, but for right now um you know this stings and uh, i wish wish it was a different result a lot of i guess people, the big go ahead mike yeah a lot of people talk about well when they've lost vaughn miller their defense really went down that 
might be true. I, I don't know if there's more to it than that. Uh, but anyway, they end up losing 27-10. to 10, And a team that a lot of people thought in August, that's probably going to be your AFC team. They certainly looked like it when they played the Packers. Uh, mm-hmm. They bow out early, and they don't make it to the AFC championship game. The uh, the the big story coming out of the weekend, besides Dak Prescott and his uh, terrible play, was the fact that Patrick Mahomes goes down with that high. I thought it was a knee at first, the way his knee buckled, but it's a high ankle sprain, and he gutted it out trying to come back. And I talked to a buddy of mine this morning. Now I've never had a high ankle sprain, but he has. He said, "Bill, it's it it hurts." The day of, he said, the day after, it's like you broke your leg. It's terrible. So I can yeah. only imagine what Patrick Mahomes is going through today. Romeo Dobbs was out six weeks with one this season yeah. for the Packers. After the game, Mahomes talked about the high ankle sprain, needing x-rays, and what he said to the team doctor during the game. Um, I told him I would do it at halftime. For a while, I thought I could play through it, and then he said, I'm not putting you back in, so you might as well go get the x-ray, and then if it's, if it's negative or whatever, I'll put you back in. So I ran back there, got the x-ray, and was able to play, uh, finish the game. Uh, then obviously Chad Henney, uh, you know, he came in and played admirably, you know, on that 98-yard drive. Had uh, 13 plays. He played 13 plays, threw a touchdown, and so he was asked after the game, he actually did a press conference, if you're needed this week against the Bengals, you know, how you feel you'll be able to hold up here? It's offense, obviously, all our weapons that we have. And staying prepared each and every moment, I think uh, you just stay ready. And when your number's called, you just go in there and do what you did in practice in the meeting rooms, and you just take it to the game. And Andy Reid seems to have a really good touch with those guys, too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I thought it was... I thought it was interesting how uh, how they jumped out on this thing and 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 took control. And Andy Reid talked about how he thought Henny looked in his snaps at quarterback. First of all, Chad did a nice job getting the ball out on time, and and the line did a nice job. The run game, Pacheco had the long run. You know, the guys the guys love Chad, and they they play for him. So it was a it was a great deal. Good stuff. Let's do this. We're going to break away, uh, take one more quick out, and then we'll come back. More of Mike Clemens wrapping things up on a Monday right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, we came along the way this year. We accomplished a lot as a team, and, and uh, you know, we got a special group of guys in that locker room, and it was a, a special thing to be a part of. Welcome back. Glad to have you on board. Bill Michael show continues on. Uh, that's Daniel Jones, part of the Giants, uh, the quarterback for the Giants. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at JL Tire Service right there north of 94 at the Johnson Creek exit. Stop in, tell them we said hi. And if you're looking for everything from oil changes to a big rig, getting new tires and brakes, they can handle everything in between. Check our friends out at JLTire.com. That's JL Tire. Dot com. Uh, Mike Clemens here on board. So, Mike, um, the, the Giants, they, they got bounced, man. But the Eagles, they look so good. So physical, too, right? Yeah. They look so fresh. Uh, maybe the Giants were beat up. They, yes! you know, Kind of a young team <laughs> messed up a little <laughs> bit. But um, I was, I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how it's 28 zip. You know, you're looking at the like, like, really? Really? And here's my biggest question. So Jalen Hurts, I mean, you know, he's, he was solid the other night. Uh, what did he finish with? Um, quarterback rating of 112. 
Uh, is this guy up for the leadership, though? I mean, it's going to be a pressure cooker from here on out. That's going to be a good 49ers team he's facing, even though there's a rookie with seven games under his belt on the other side. What, what did they do to the Giants that they can now use to face the 49ers? You know, we put we put a good one together. That's on all phases, all three phases. So um, it's always great to start fast. Um, always more out there for us to get um, and to come out there and, and play the way we did tonight. Um, I'm proud of this group. I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of the preparation that we put in to get um, to where we are. Like I said, it's always good to kind of get that thing going early. But I think executing is the more, most important thing out of all of it. It's uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting weekend. I'm looking forward to both games. Uh, we got the big broadcast coming up on Friday. Mike, uh, are you going to be a part of that? You coming up on Friday by any chance or not? I just, absolutely. I'll try to. Absolutely. Okay. I, just, I yeah. just was thinking about you and I in the press box a few years ago. Eagles are visiting in town. I think the, the Eagles were waving the white flag, and I think they sat Carson Wentz. But I remember them bringing in Hurts and saying, um, wow, this guy's a spark. No mm-hmm. question about it. And now yep. here you are, you know, a couple of years later, and he's taking his team to the NFC Championship game. So. Yep, no doubt. Good stuff. Uh, Mike, we will talk again later this week for sure, pal, okay? Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, bud. There you go. That's Mike Clemens joining us for a couple of minutes. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends out there at the Water Doctors. Go to h2theletterodoctors.com, the Connecticut water softening system, by far the best in the industry. Get a hold of John Atley and the gang at the Water Doctors because uh, it is by far, like I've said, the best in the in in the industry. Uh, go to h2theletterodoctors.com. That's h2odoctors.com and tell them we sent you. So that, that wraps up day one. And we've still got more to go. And uh, Ben Kenny will be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. And don't forget, coming up Wednesday night, we're going to be live at the New Berlin Ale House. Compliments of our friends at Bud Light as the uh, Bill Michael Settle continues on. We've got uh, the Ale House this week. And then next week, we're at Fox's and uh, in Greendale. And then that's it. And that's it. We're done after that. And then we head uh, out to Arizona. But this coming Friday, we're going to be at the Stillery in Grafton for the show live. And that's the daytime show. This show will be live at the Stillery in Grafton, giving away a bunch of stuff from our friends at Bud Light and giving away a 55-inch big screen TV right there that day in person. Come on by. And then a week from Friday, the big broadcast for the grand reopening, if you will, of our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley. Same thing. We're giving away a bunch of stuff and some other prizes as well. We're going to be at Stoley's Hog Alley. And then that afternoon, we tear it all down, pack it up, and off to, off to Arizona we go. And then the week after that, we're going to be live from Radio Row out in uh, Arizona for the Super Bowl. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. I'm excited about it. Got a lot of exciting things coming up, man. So let's do this. We'll reconvene tomorrow. How about that? Let's do that. We'll get back at it again tomorrow. So until then... Time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.